0: going on, everybody. Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is Ask Daydon Advice Lunch Hour, and I'm back live today with my annual post-Super Bowl special. Now, <clears throat> some of you may have listened over the last few years. You know, you know I do, you know, a Super Bowl special. This is, you know, big, major events. I usually try to make an annual event, like the Grammys, the Oscars, the Super Bowl, um, you know, the uh, Sometimes the Emmys or definitely the MTV uh, Music Awards. And there's always, you know, I talk a lot about the industry. Um, You know, I talk a lot about uh, how the establishment, how the powers that be often use these monumental events to push forth a particular agenda. And if you've been listening over the last several months, you know, I've been spending a lot of time talking about um, the agenda uh, that's being pushed now, which is really this race war, you know, it's, it's putting, you know, black versus white, rich versus poor, uh, citizens versus law enforcement. It's all been tied in. It's been a very common and deliberate theme that's being pushed in the media, uh, throughout government legislation, all types of things. Uh, you know, with, even with the new election, this whole Donald Trump versus not Donald Trump. You know, you got Republicans versus Democrats, and and it is unfortunately specifically done to distract from, you know, what the, the real issues that are going. The real enemy, which is the establishment, which is the government, which is, you know, these these you know these powers, these people pushing this agenda specifically designed to keep us oppressed, depressed, keep the rich richer, you know, and the poor poorer. poorer. And so, you know, I try to spend a lot of time talking about how to identify key pieces of that plan being put into motion. And so that brings us to the Super Bowl, which, you know, there was a lot of that. You know, there's, there's a lot leading up to that, um, but even specifically in the Super Bowl, there was, you know, some things that I want to discuss today. Um, also tonight, or tonight, uh, I'm saying tonight, many of you may know, I, you know, I've been used to over the last several years doing the show at night and you know at nine o'clock and um I haven't hundred percent abandoned that. It's just that these lunch hours have been really uh you know uh, convenient for me and they they seem to work out pretty well and I've noticed throughout the listenership that uh, you know people are still tuning in at lunchtime and, and even more so and uh so which is which is really a blessing. Um I wanna start off I'm definitely gonna talk about the Super Bowl but I also want to talk a little bit about this is just a big time, a really big time for sports in general. Um, I was I'm really, you know, just happy. You know, my favorite players both won um, historic, historic achievements over the past week or so. Everyone knows I played tennis. i have a big announcement about that a little bit later on. But uh, Roger Federer won his historic uh, 18th Grand Slam, finally won the Australian Open. And my favorite female player, Uh, player, Serena Williams, won her historic 23rd Grand Slam title. In fact, I think on my last show, I talked about how she was not, you know, technically the the best ever because she hadn't surpassed the Grand Slam total of Steffi Graf, who still holds several, um, you know, other achievements over her. But that 23rd, too, but now that 23rd, really does put Serena Williams in a, in a league all of her own. And now, in my opinion, I think kind of solidifies her legacy as the greatest women's player uh, in history. And uh, it was both fortunate and unfortunate that she had to do it against her sister, who is also one of the greatest tennis players of, of all time, Venus Williams, who you know is, is just amazing. And to have come back and to get to the finals is an accomplishment, a great accomplishment. Know, in and of itself, so I just wanted to talk about that. You know, we don't hear a lot of talk about tennis in in, in you know in the black community, but definitely a lot of great great uh, sporting events and sports accomplishments over the last uh, over the last week. Um, this this Super Bowl, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. The, this Super Bowl is well. First of all, let's just talk about the actual game. I mean, Tom Brady. You know, I'm not a hater. A lot of people say, well, you know, I don't want the Patriots to win. I can't stand them, and, you know, I, I hate Tom Brady. Like, I don't hate Tom Brady just like I did not Kobe Bryant. I don't hate LeBron James. Like, people I've found, unfortunately, are just haters. You know, you hate people who you don't know and really can't generate a a reason for even hating them other than the fact that they're good and have consistently been good and even great over the course of their career. It's like, oh, yeah, they're too good. So, I, you know, I, I hate Tom Brady. I can't stand Kobe. It's like, you can't stand him for what? You know, you can't stand Kobe Bryant or you can't stand Tom Brady, but you love Beyonce. Like, you love Kanye West. You love Jay-Z, who are, and who are people who are literally pushing, you
1: know, literally
0: demonic and satanic agendas and, 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 and you know, just glorifying uh, sex, glorifying drugs, gang violence, all types of things, but you you love these people, and you will support these people by buying their music. But Tom Brady is an athlete who plays well, but you can't stand him, but you hate him, but you love Beyonce. It's like, come on. Let's stop the craziness. But, you know, I don't really care about Tom Brady. Like, I'm not a Patriots and I'm an Eagles fan. But as far as quarterbacks go, you know, he's he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I've seen a lot of Super Bowls, probably all the Super Bowls, um, and this was the, the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. That was the best performance I've ever seen. It was just absolutely amazing to come back from, was it, 25 points down, you know, overtime to win it. Just, you know, just really amazing. Um, and so congratulations to uh, the Patriots. Congratulations to Tom Brady And, you know, Atlanta, they played a great game. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. One of the things that I found interesting at the beginning of the Super Bowl was how they did. and They've never done anything like this before, but in the beginning, there was a, a, a ceremony honoring the black Hall of Fame players who have come from uh, predominant or historically black, you know, colleges and universities. And, and a lot of people say, you know, that that's just great. That's you know, that's, that's nice. And a lot of people say, well, maybe they did that just because it was. You know, the Super Bowl weekend fell in Black History Month this year and, you know, hasn't really been that way in, in the past. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's all great. But but you guys got to look at the history. You guys got to look at the pattern. You got to look at, first of all, understand that the Super Bowl is literally seen, is the most watched television broadcast, in history like historically that it's always the most watched event ever you know what i mean like at that time for that year on any network and so everyone's watching the world is watching so the people who are passionate about pushing a particular agenda they're going to use the biggest stage to push their agenda so what do they do a lot of people may not see oh it's no big deal but you guys got to really look behind the read between the lines if you look at last year, or, you know, whatever year it was, last year, the year before, and they had um, Beyonce, you know, it was the whole, you know, Black Panther theme to the halftime show. And that was something that sparked controversy in it. You know, you had your racists, you had your, you know, your white nationalists or whatever the heck you want to call them, you know, being mad and saying that, you know, this was, you know, there it was it a the whole police, the police department, like the police were, Saying, well, we're not going to protect Beyonce when she comes to the city because she's disrespecting, you know, law enforcement and just that whole thing. And what people have to realize. So you had that, and now you have this year. I've even seen not as much out, you know, uh, outrage or backlash, but I have heard some some criticism to that. A lot of people are saying, like, well, you know, why? Why did they do that? Like, why are you celebrating these people from historically black colleges when you didn't? It's just, it's all stupid. You know, it's so stupid. You know, you got
1: – I mean, it's
0: a great accomplishment, but you guys got to always question and understand the, the timing. You know, there's a reason they did that this year. There's a reason that they're making all of these slave movies now. There's a reason that the, that the media focuses so much on these, race, these race-related issues. There's actually a reason why Donald Trump is the president. You know, this is a time, guys, where they're laying the foundation for – you know, national unrest. There's going to be riots. There's going to be, you think this discrimination is something. I want to talk a little bit more about Donald Trump. I want to talk about the Muslim ban. Excuse me. I want to talk about the travel ban, because that, that in and of itself, calling it the Muslim ban, it is in of itself pushing their agenda for them. So I'm not going to do that. We're going to talk about the travel ban, um, and we're going to talk about um, just so, so much other stuff that is to come. Okay, when you understand what the what's what's coming, you have to you understand what's the foundation that's being laid. Anger is brewing. You understand that that the the battle lines are being drawn, and eventually it's going to get to a point where it's just total unrest. That's why we've seen so much talk about taking away the guns and putting gun uh, legislation in effect, and so much more things. You know, because when there is martial law, when there is you know things like um, detention centers being set up and the you know, riots and protests, it, they want to make it to the point where it's illegal to have these high-power rifles and these you know, semi-automatic weapons that can hold up to 100 rounds and 30-round clips. It's like all that stuff. They don't want you to have that stuff. And when you do, it's going to be either confiscated or you're gonna be arrested so that when, when all hell does break loose, you know, <laughs> that's just how it's going to be. And so you have to understand when you have little things like this like the Super Bowl induct, Hall of Fame inductees, when we have performances like Beyonce, when you have in the media focusing 24-7 on, you know, different police, uh, racially motivated police shootings, you know, it's all for a reason. It's all for, um, it's it's to push the agenda. <clears throat> so just, you know, just, I like to talk about things. You know, last couple of years, last several years I've talked about on the on Super Bowl special the demonic and satanic imagery, whether it's the, 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 the uh, theme of fire and, um, you know, damnation and, you know, just Beyonce dancing around, people like Katy Perry pushing the the gay and lesbian agenda Bruno Mars and so many other things. And, and listen to these shows, guys. You know, all shows are archived right at, at com You can listen in iTunes. You know, all shows are there, you know, and that way you can kind of see and listen. Like, wow, you know what? A couple of years ago he said this and this is what was going on. And now you know, in 17, like certain things are actually happening in the exact way. But I see it. You know, I see it all happening. I've, I've been doing this show for over 10 years. And if you look back, you know, a lot of things that I said in 2005, in 2006, you know, whether it's politics, you know, racial stuff, you know, all this stuff, entertainment wise, it's all, it's all happening. All right. What else is going on out here? But yeah, great, great, uh, great Super Bowl. Uh shout out to everybody who, you know, who had a good time, uh, you know, with the Super Bowl parties, with your friends and your families and, you know, doing different things um, around this time of year. Um, shout out to you guys. I had a good time. I chilled, man. Sometimes I go to – last year I go to I went to Osho's house. You know what I mean? Shout out to my brother, Osho. Um, <laughs> I told him a funny story the last few years. He doesn't, you know, shout out to him. He doesn't watch the – the halftime show. So if you go to a Super Bowl party at Oshel's house, you just understand you're gonna be watching the, the Puppy Bowl on the, on the you know of the mothers' channels. He doesn't. And which is, I told telling uh, my mom about that. I said that's actually a good thing. I said it's a it's a good thing that she, he doesn't allow certain things in his house. You know, he doesn't want that stuff in his spirit. You know, and, and people have to be aware. I joke about it, but really it's serious. We have to be aware of what we allow into our homes and our our children. You know, in their spirits and all that stuff, you got to be aware of of what's, what's really being shoved down our throats and the attempt to poison us with this with this garbage. All right, guys, it's deep. One thing I'll, I'll say too: um, the highlight for me of last night, as you all know, I'm a huge fan of the show Twenty Four, and uh, which which centers around you know terrorism and the government and you know different forms of corruption and. It's just, you know, on so many different levels, one of the best shows, if not the best show in history. I mean, how many shows do you know lasted eight years, right, eight seasons, and then, you know, they ended, and now they're bringing it back, you know, a total reboot. I don't think that's ever happened um, before with any show, and that just kind of goes to show, I mean, first of all, eight seasons alone is most shows don't go eight seasons. Um, but you know now they're bringing it back to totally re reboot it with Kiefer Sutherland on as the executive producer and um, so it's you know it's just amazing so check it out if you want to binge watch something binge watch that um but one of the the more interesting things is what I've been doing if you follow me on social media, you know add me follow me at on Talbot so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. you know, add yourself to the friends of the Data on Show group so you don't miss anything. But what I've been doing is I've been binge-watching 24, all seven seasons, excuse me, all eight seasons to prepare for the reboot because it's been a few years since I've watched it. So I've been doing that. But it's amazing. In doing that, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. And, I'm, you know, I'm not – people say, oh, you know, don't be a conspiracy theorist. I don't, I don't even know what that term means. You know what I mean? 90 times, 90% of the time, things that people call conspiracies – you know, a conspiracy theory are only because it's the truth and the media doesn't show it on, you know, CNN or NBC because they don't want you to know about it. So anyone who speaks about or you know, speaks with an alternative standpoint, oh, it must be a conspiracy, which is completely ridiculous to me. But one of the things that I found is that everything that's going on in 24 from like season four, well, really the whole, the whole, the whole thing is really mirroring exactly what's going on right now in the media from the from the conflict with Russia from the up, you know the upcoming conflict with China from the the, the, the whole uh, issue with the muslims muslims being detained you know uh, terrorist attacks on domestic soil which have resulted in the government taking away certain civil civil liberties and restricting certain things. Uh, I mean so much stuff that you just watch it, you'd be like, Oh snap, like that's happening. now. Yeah, you got the you got the first black president on there, you got the first woman president on there. Now obviously that didn't, you know, go go according to their plan, but I think everyone can realize that it would they the mainstream media wanted that to be a reality. So if that would have happened, you know, it would have been right on point with that. But I've been posting certain clips you know, from, from certain seasons of 24 that 100% illustrate what's going on as well as things I believe that will be going on. And I use the hashtag of foreshadowing because, you know, if you guys don't understand what foreshadowing is some people don't know, it's basically using the arts, arts and entertainment to, you know, show you things to come in the future, you know what I mean, without actually showing, without actually telling you that they're showing you. And um, there's a lot of that in, in entertainment. The Simpsons is a great show for foreshadowing, you know. so much stuff that happened in the early seasons of, of The Simpsons is actually coming. You know, it may seem like, oh, we're talking about a cartoon, but, like, really? And there's a lot of stuff on YouTube, like so many different shows and video clips that are like, wow, this is actually going on. Now, as you can tell, it people actually – Put it in there for that purpose. Definitely not coincidental. All right. What, what I want to talk a little little politics, um, and I, I've been very vocal on social media the last the last several days, last several weeks, really last several months. And really going back even before the election, the last year um, is when I really started talking a lot more about politics. And there's so much. Uh, but a little bit later, I, I do want to do some entertainment news. I want to do Ask 9 and Vice Hour talk about some of these discussion topics that have been, you know, so, uh, so popular. Um, but one of the things I, I wrote on Facebook is that it's very crazy to me. It's so crazy to see so many people literally afraid of their social media followers, okay? I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. Like, I look online, and I see people, like, literally afraid. You know, and I I can tell like people are afraid to like certain things. You know, they're afraid to post certain things. They're afraid to comment on certain threads. They're afraid to disagree. They're afraid to agree. And it's just like why? Like, and it's like people. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I know certain people. I know how certain people feel about certain issues. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, you feel this way, you believe this, you're a Christian. But you see this particular status, and you choose to ignore it, or you see someone talking crazy, and you choose not to say anything, not to speak up. And it's like for no, and I, I and sometimes I'll even ask, I'll even ask about yo, know, like you know, what you think about it. So well, now I ain't want to comment, no, I feel like people attacking, me. and I ain't feel like you know arguing. You know, and which is fine. but it's just like, what are you scared of? I can see if, like, you're at an event and you don't want to speak about an event. You know what I mean? It might be a little uncomfortable. It conv- to you know, be confrontational. But, like, it's Facebook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One of the things I said online, on, on I said, people are scared to ride Uber. You got this whole delete Uber thing, that whole controversy. Oh, the CEO is on the Trump advisory com- uh, committee, so he must support Donald Trump. And it's like, I'm going to delete my Uber. I'm, like, I'm not deleting Uber. I told y'all last week, I'm not deleting Uber. And anyone who deletes Uber because of something on, online or with the CEO, if that's the case, you see, one of the, let me just tell you something. One of the reasons why super PACs and things like that are, are kept anonymous, for this very reason. Like, imagine if you knew all the political, or excuse me, all the, oh. Well, You knew where all the political donations came from. Now, Donald Trump didn't receive a lot of political uh, donations, but people like Barack Obama, you know, people like John McCain, people like Mitt Romney, people like George Bush, people who you may or may not like, who have received literally millions and millions of dollars from billionaire corporations. So imagine if you knew what corporations supported those. Let's just say hypothetically Donald Trump was one of those political candidates who who, who sold out to these billionaire corporations and took all their money, and then he was literally owned by them, and was forced to do their bidding, kind of like Obama is and Hillary Clinton and so, Like, imagine if if that if that was the case, with with the political climate going on now, the political climate that exists now. You know, let's say McDonald's decided to give willing give, you know, thirty million to Donald Trump's campaign. Well, so no one's gonna eat at McDonald's now. You know what I'm saying, yo. Uh, you know the I'm just you know it's the only thing Pepsi. You know they they donated you know uh 20 million dollars to George Bush, his campaign to get him elected. So now you're not going to drink any any Pepsi products. Of course not. Well, that's why this stuff is is made secret and kept secret because they don't want you to know where the all all these millions of dollars are coming from. But but you want to delete Uber because the media told you oh yeah by and I'm saying he's on this committee. So I'm gonna delete Uber or I'm gonna stop. It's like just stop it, come on. That's petty. If that's the case, don't don't go out anywhere. Don't go out to eat. You don't know who that person voted for. You don't know that person with your restaurant where you just went, the the CEO of T G. I Fridays, you know, I'm just using that example. He could have supported Donald Trump. So now you're not gonna eat at Fridays anymore? And it's stupid. That's why I said people are scared to ride Uber. They're scared to watch Family Feud because, oh, they think that Steve Harvey is a Trump supporter now, so I'm not watching Family Feud. I'm going to boycott his show. What the heck? Because he wants to have lunch and talk about how to improve the black community? I said online, Christians, you have actual Christians who love Kanye West, who love Beyonce, love Jay-Z. I said, you have Kanye West who literally blasphemed the name of God, the name of Jesus, by calling himself Jesus. Jay-Z calls himself Jehovah. Beyonce calls herself I Am. Right, and people love these people, but then there's a sudden hatred for people like Steve Harvey for for meeting with Donald Trump. I said, so-called fans threw away their Crescent Michelle CDs, right? Because she sang at the inauguration, and as I talked about in my post-inauguration special, the last live show that I did, and you know, I really called some people out because people are really stupid. They don't understand. First of all, she sang a gospel song. Right. she's singing a gospel song. So, as I told you before, I mean, last time I checked, the gospel songs to be heard by everyone, as many people as possible. You know, not to mention she's not a, she's not one of those artists. She's the type of artist that always has has focused on black people's rights and empowering women and all types of of, of things that are beneficial to our community. That's that's been her career. You know what I mean? She's never been someone out there taking off her clothes and singing about sex and, you know, promiscuity like Beyonce or Rihanna or Nicki Minaj or any other, you know, whorish artists. She's actually been someone who's who's respected herself and presented herself in a classy manner. But people want to boycott boycott Chrisette Michelle. I said online, I said newsflash, no one on Facebook pays your bills. No one can harm you in any way. I said just stop being afraid to live your life how you want to because the reality is that half of America voted for Donald Trump. You know, I mean, that's, that's, you know, half of America voted for Donald Trump, the other half voted for Hillary Clinton, and the rest of the people just didn't vote at all. You know what I mean? So it's like the people, you, it's, everyone is can do what they want to do. You know, you can't bully people into voting or, or feeling how you feel. I said, how about everyone log on for a few minutes and focus on the positive things in their life and stop allowing what's going on in the world to depress you? Because that's what's really going on. I look around, I see a lot of depressed people. I see a lot of miserable people. People are still talking about Donald Trump every single day, ever since the election. They're depressed. They're miserable. Mm-hmm. No life whatsoever. Whether you like them, whether you don't. I, I was talking to somebody the other day, but, buddy of mine, I said, it's crazy how mad these people are. I said, I, I said, when you're blessed, and we were talking about this, I said, you don't seem too mad about Donald Trump. He said, I'm not. I said, I know, me neither. I said, he's like, it's not because I like Donald Trump. He said, it's because I'm blessed. You know what I mean? And when you're blessed, you don't have a, you're not going to sit around and be mad, period. I don't care what happens. That's what happens when you're blessed. When you're not blessed and you're depressed, then you're going to be upset about every little thing and multiple different things. You know, one of the things I said online about the election, I said, yo, stop complaining about government policies. You know, everyone's talking about the Muslim ban. You know, I told you I would talk about that. I said, stop complaining. What are you complaining about? I mean, I said, one thing about Donald Trump is this. Nothing he's doing is surprising. I talked about this on the last show. I said nothing he's doing is surprised. I did the 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 travel ban hadn't happened, so I hadn't got a chance to talk about that. But I said as far as the wall, which I talked about last week, I said the wall. He he told y'all he was going to build the wall. That was like the main thing of his campaign. He's going to build the wall. Now he's he's building the wall. So, like, okay, if you chose not to vote, you basically voted for the wall, right? I he told y'all that he was going to. Put this ban in place, and it's not even a ban. It's not even a ban. It's really you putting more strict. to the media is calling it a ban. Donald Trump isn't calling it a ban. The government isn't calling. It. The media is calling it a ban because it's not a ban. It's basically putting certain travel restrictions. It's increasing the vetting process. You know, for, for not Muslims. It's not. It's not banning Muslims. Okay, it's banning anyone or, or restricting immigration for non citizens who are coming from predominantly you know Muslim populated areas. And I believe it's eight specific countries that are included in this in these restrictions. Now, do I agree with that? No. I, I personally don't agree with that. I do agree that we need absolutely to increase the, the vetting process, to improve the vetting process, for, you know, to figure out, okay, who are you? you know, what's your background like? You know, what, where are you coming from? You know what I mean? Like, let's do some investigation so we're not just letting any and everybody. I do believe we should not be letting all refugees in from everywhere. It's like, okay, everyone can just come on over. No, let's, let's take care of our veterans. Let's take care of our homeless. You know, we worry about you know taking care of refugees. You know, which I, which is fine, but they're homeless. We have our own citizens who have nothing to eat, who are who don't even have housing. People who actually have fought in the wars are homeless. There's no excuse whatsoever for any of our military veterans to be homeless and hungry and broke. No reason whatsoever. Our our veterans, and our military have been one hundred percent you know, going through horrible conditions, that's, you know, the last eight years, you know what I'm saying? And even further back than that, you know, it's funny. I say, okay, our veterans have have been going through hell the last eight years. People are like, oh, no, what are you talking about the last eight years? I got to defend Obama. I got to defend Obama. I'm like, no, that's a fact. They're like, well, no, they've been going through hell for a lot longer than eight years. I'm like, okay, that's true. But that also means that they've been going through hell the last eight years, right? God, yeah, well, it's not just Obama. Okay, I'm like, yeah, that's true, but it is Obama, right? Obama did not do a good job taking care of our military veterans. That's a fact. And that's what I want people to acknowledge. And so, like I said, all this, you know, protesting, let's protest some other things. Let's protest for the treatment of our own citizens. I said online, one of the things I said, I said, where is it at? I said, there's no way that people, should be more outraged and concerned about the rights of non-U.S. citizens than they are about the rights of U.S. military veterans who have been treated like crap over the last eight years. There's no way that should happen. There's no way that you should be more mad about things that are going on in other countries or about people who aren't even from this country than you are about people that live in your own country. Mm. We look at at the media. It's amazing. I look around, and I see people so upset. I said, it's crazy. I said, one of the things I said online, I said, it's sad that the mainstream media has people fooled, you know, and, and specifically black folk fooled into thinking that Donald Trump is worse than the drug dealers selling dope in the hood, gangbangers, thugs. You know, rapists killing one another every day. You know, you got women out here having multiple abortions, using them as a form of contraception. You have parents with no control over their kids, allowing them to run the streets all hours of the night, drive right, go, go leave your house at about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and look around, and you'll see kids. You'll see young adults roaming the streets, standing on the corner, selling drugs, lining around, aimlessly. I couldn't do that stuff as, as a child. You know, I said that, I said, and many other perpetually destructive forces plaguing the black community. I said, from day one, the powers that be have had an agenda to divide and conquer and distract. I said that the real enemy is much bigger and has been around much longer than Donald Trump. And what's happening is is Donald Trump is being made a scapegoat. Now, that's not to say that Donald Trump doesn't deserve his fair share of criticism. He doesn't deserve his fair share of protest. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that you've got to understand, he absolutely is being made to distract. He's been made this villain to distract from the real issues. I posted a meme, and it, had, it was like the hood, be, you know, during Clinton, Bush, Obama, and the hood and Trump. And guess what? It was the same picture. You know what I mean? It was the same picture, the same broke down buildings, the same drug-infested streets, and nothing has changed. What has Obama done to improve the inner city? Can anyone answer that question? What has he done to curb the violence in Chicago, in Philadelphia? Not a damn thing, okay, not a thing. And people want to criticize Donald Trump when he says, "You know what? The violence in Philadelphia is crazy. The violence in Chicago is crazy." He said, "If it doesn't improve, I'm going to bring in the feds." Now that like, oh I don't know. oh my goodness, he wants to bring in the. Feds. That's not the answer. Oh well, okay, fine. Maybe that's not the answer. Maybe it is the answer. Maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. But at least that's. uh, uh you know what I'm saying? It's something. It's something to show, hey look, something needs to be done. You know this something, not just something, but something drastic. and I'm all for it. I'm all for stopping and frisk, you know, okay? I you know, people say, oh, my God, he, Donald Trump wants stop and frisk, so he's racist. Okay, well, I want stop and frisk too. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I want stop and frisk. Why? See people don't understand. People like to blame everyone but themselves. I've talked about stop and frisk before. But stop and frisk, while it may, understand, I know exactly what it is, while it absolutely may and in many cases does have racial motivation behind it. Absolutely. The end result is getting guns off the street. It's getting drugs off the street. And it's putting bad people in jail. Because with stop and frisk, you don't if you if you're not if you don't have any guns on you. Right, then guess what? If you don't have any drugs on you, then you go back. You go back to what you're doing. Fine. Were you inconvenienced a little bit? Fine. I got stopped in first recently. I actually, wasn't even stopped in first, And I talked about this on the show a few years ago. But I was sitting in a car, waiting for a friend of mine in the hood, and I had on a hoodie. I had on sweats. And I was just chilling in my car. And he was taking a long time, so I probably was sitting in my car for like, you know, I guess 20 minutes. Evidently, I don't know if somebody called the cops on me or what, so I looked suspicious. But the cops pulled up next to me, and I, I drove off. I, I saw them coming. And it, it was funny. I didn't even, the irony is that I didn't pull off because of the cops. I just pulled off. I think because I was done, or I was like, I'm going to drive around a block, I'm going to go park somewhere. I don't even remember exactly why I pulled off. But as I'm pulling off, these cops pull up behind me, they you know, pull me over. I'm like, Ooh, like, what are you doing? You're just sitting out there. Like, oh, yeah, why'd you pull off when I, when I rolled out? I'm like, I didn't pull off when you rolled I just pulled off. And he's like, all right, well, you know, you just start uh, license registration, this and that. I'm like, yo, can you get out the car? I'm like, get out the car for what? And you might just get out the car, your, uh, put your hands on the hood, this and
1: that. I'm like,
0: yeah. He's like, yeah, we're just going to do a stop up first. Ask me if you got any needles in here, anything he might, might poke me. He's putting on his gloves. I'm like, what the heck is this? But you know, I I didn't say anything. I was like, you know, whatever, it's fine. Off. He's like, all right, man. White guy. he was like, yeah, man. So uh, you know, where's the drugs at? Just let me know where's the drugs at. He's like, I don't care about the weed. The weed is cool. You keep the weed. So like, where's the coke? Get coke on you. I'm like, Coke. I said, sir. Yes, sir. I don't I don't smoke cocaine. I don't do cocaine. I'm not a drug dealer. I said I'm just. I was waiting for my friend. I said that's his house. Right there. You can go ring the go, but like that's his house. Um, I don't have any drugs. I don't have any guns. You ironically, I do carry a gun, but for whatever reason, I do not have it that night. I don't know why. It was kind of weird. But fortunately for me, I mean, it's probably a good thing. Uh, even though obviously I have a license to carry, but um, so that was you know it wasn't an issue. But my point is, and I'm thinking back, and I and even I had to self reflect. I'm like, wait a minute, that actually looks suspicious. And obviously, I'm not a criminal, so I didn't. It took me a while to think of it from that perspective. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm sitting in the hood. In a car, so if, if someone is watching me, I'm a I'm, you know, what I'm saying a guy who's not from there in a, a foreign car, you know, or not a foreign car, but like a, a car that's not familiar to the residents in that area, and look like maybe a drug deal, or maybe I was casing the, you know, the neighborhood about to turn a, a drug deal or robbery. Who knows? You know, and I guess my point is that. We need to get these criminals off the streets, and, and that's a reason. And the funny thing is, you don't have to agree with it. That's my, I agree with it. I think it's a good idea. I know other police officers think it's a good idea, black cops, white cops, whoever. But even if you don't agree with it, right, that doesn't mean that people who, uh, who do agree with it are racist. It just means we have a – everything is not about race. Guess what? Just because you think that this travel ban – is is a good idea you may not like the rollout. you might think it could be done in a different way but if you just it may be just hypothetically if you support it that doesn't mean you're a racist it just means that you you identify uh, you've identified a problem with terrorism and you feel like that might be a good way to to combat it you know it doesn't mean you're a racist it doesn't mean two people can't have a conversation about it you know just because you feel like building a wall is a good thing, you know, securing our borders, it doesn't mean you're a racist. doesn't mean that Donald Trump is a racist, you know, because he wants to. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's okay. It's okay to have a difference of opinion. It's okay that you be a Republican I be a Democrat or vice versa or whatever. That doesn't mean it's a problem. People are so petty. One of the things I was watching online was that um, they were broadcasting Donald Trump, he had this little – I guess, Black History, uh, you know, program, and he was, had some people in his, his, uh, his circle um, talking about who they were and just kind of just talking about Black History things. You know, so many people were, were making that out to be a negative thing, you know, and specifically uh, commenting on his comments about Frederick Douglass. And, I mean, people are so petty. And so many people have nothing else better to do, you know, than to, find, to nitpick and, and stalk people to the point of just trying to find any little thing. And I'm watching this thing, and, I'm, and I watched it for about 10 minutes. And I watched Donald Trump and many other people there give so many compliments, give compliments to Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Frederick Douglass, you know, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, like so many different kind words were said that I appreciated, but you have the media and you have different people on social media focusing on certain words that could have been said differently to make it a negative thing or to try to make it a race thing. I'm like, yo, are you crazy? Like, okay, maybe what he said about Frederick Douglass could have been said in a different way, you know what I mean? It should have been said in a different way because what he said and how he said it didn't really make sense, right? But I don't think anyone thinks that Donald Trump is this great orator, you know? He's not. He could, he he doesn't think before he says lies. He just says things, much like myself. Now I just kind of say what's on my mind and let the chips fall where they may. I can relate to that. So could that have been said in a different way? Sure. But did anything that he say on that in that program about Frederick Douglass was it an insult? Was it racist? Not one thing. And it's like people only focus on the negatives. Which I, which is, I guess because I'm not a negative person, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around how people can be so petty and be so negative and pessimistic about life. So, one of the things I was talking about online, um, and, you know, about that, you know, I said, I said, let me get this straight. You know, because people were talking about uh, the guy, the pastor, I forget his name, that was speaking there. And he, he referred to... Uh, some of the gang members or ex-gang members as, as black thugs, the black gang thugs. Now, people are saying, oh, you know, that's and – it's, and it's funny, when you hear a white person use the term thug, that's like the new nigger. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if someone calls you a thug, that means nigger. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, thug does not mean nigger. Thug means thug, and nigger means nigger. One is a derogatory term. One is an, has a, is a term with an actual definition. A thug has a definition. So gang, if you're in a gang, you're a thug. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not a lot of ways around that. And so, one of the things that I say, and this is where the hypocrisy that I speak about comes in, I said, so let me get this straight Tupac. You now Tupac is historically one of the most successful, influential, and respected rappers in history. Okay? Tupac has or had the term thug life tattooed across his stomach. Right? He was a thug. You know, Trayvon Martin actually referred to himself as no limit nigga. That was his Twitter handle. No limit nigga. Now you look at Young Thug, I don't know if you guys know Young Thug, but he's one of the more said he's one of the most popular coming rappers of this generation. Of the you know what I mean he used to be very popular right now with the young folk. Okay. I said and I was looking at my statistics online, it's amazing real quick kind of off the subject, but so many people, my, I didn't realize how older my audience is. It was like most of my audience, my audience is between 34 and like 45, and then it's a, a, lar- a large amount of people that listen that are like 55 to 60 to 70. I was like, wow, I got to reach out more to the young folks. So a lot of I, I know a lot of you may not know who I'm talking about when I speak about young thug, okay? Uh, but you know, he's, you know, he's he's very popular, and his lyrics glorify gang life and guns, drugs, all that stuff, as do most rappers nowadays that are popular. I said, so we we have the, I said, these people, they make music that 100% glorifies guns and gang life and gang affiliation, brown, um, they, they call themselves Bloods Gang, Snoop, these are all a lot. Most of these rappers have some type of gang affiliation. I said, but all of a sudden, referring to actual real life gang members who are out here committing crimes daily, I said, that's considered racist. I said, stop the foolishness and call them what they are. Right? And we really have to stop always looking for a scapegoat, looking to blame someone. When the reality is, the problems that we that we struggle with most are self-induced. Okay, it, it's really getting to that point. We got to stop and look at the real problems out here. What else is going on out here in the world? This is a, there's a lot going on in the world, man. A lot of stuff going on in the world. Uh, the Oscars were just announced recently. Okay, the Oscars were announced. Boy, boy, boy. I mean, you know, on one hand. It's weird. I'm, I'm conflicted. I've always watched the Oscars, right? I've always watched the Oscars. I've always, i always been a fan. Not, excuse me, not a fan, but I've always been a fan of movies. Okay, I'm a movie buff. I've seen ninety percent of the movies you can name I've seen. So I like watching movies. Um, but and I and I oh, I'm, so because I like movies and I, I follow the box office and I'm interested in that type of stuff. I've always been interested in following the Oscars to see who would get nominated for what, the Golden Globes, the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And so I'm conflicted because now that I watch these things with a different set of eyes, I now understand that, you know, there is an agenda being placed. It's not about who's most talented or whose performance was the best. It's about how can we best best push, push this, this agenda, you know what I mean? How can we best push this message? So, you know, and what message is that? Well, you know, showing blacks as criminals and, you know, black women and black men as criminals and drug dealers and athletes and, um, you know, women as whores and promiscuous and loud and ghetto and obnoxious. Well, how can we do that? Okay, well, what we'll do is we'll make these movies, you know, we'll we'll put, you know, create a character of cookie on Empire – We'll create an Alonzo on Training Day. We'll contri- uh, create a Halle Berry, you know, in 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 Monsters Ball, and we'll do all these things, and we'll give it critical acclaim. You know, we'll give it we'll give it some Oscars, we'll give it some Golden Globes, and we'll, we'll push that'll push the agenda. We'll make all these slave movies. You know what I'm saying? But but what's but we're leaving one part of the agenda out. What's the other agenda that that, that Hollywood has? towards black men. Yes, it's shows to show us as criminals and, you know, criminals and athletes and, and conflicted individuals and, and is weak, but also they want to emasculate us, right? They want to show us as, as gays. They want to put that image more out there, show us as being weak. And, you know, what better way to do that? Well, let's create a film, right? Let's, let's create a film about a young black boy who struggles with his sexuality and what we'll do is you know we'll 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 call it a masterpiece call it we'll just say it's you know critically acclaimed we'll put these informants that we call movie reviewers in place to hype it up and hype it up and hype it up and we'll give it some golden globes we'll give it you know several oscar nominations We'll get everybody to go see it and that'll be you know in addition to flooding TV and other movies with this more gay images, you know, and it will, that's what we'll do. And that will push the, the gay, to further push the gay agenda. But here's the issue that I have with that. I said one of the things, I said the fact that Moonlight is critically acclaimed and achieved worldwide uh, box office success and will probably win multiple Oscars, I said, but Birth of a Nation was considered A box office and critical failure is indicative of the unfortunate reality that Hollywood still has a serious problem acknowledging and rewarding the strength of black men and would much rather shine the light on young black men who struggle with their sexuality. And these are facts, you know, because I I did not see Moonlight, and I'm not going to see Moonlight. I'll tell you that straight up. I have no desire. See, I'm just, I, I will see certain films, even though I may not be interested in them, but I just have no desire to see Moonlight. Like I, can, I can talk about what I want to talk about without having seen it. <laughs> because no matter what people say, because I'm usually, I'm usually not that guy. I usually, I usually don't talk about movies without having seen them, or I don't talk about the contents of a movie because that's just stupid. But, see, for me, it's not about the movie. It's about the agenda. And don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from the actors. because from what I hear. I don't, my issue is not about the actors. My issue isn't even about the film itself, because I'm sure it's a very well-made film. I'm sure it's a very well-acted film, probably a very well-written film. So it's not, my, my criticism is not about the criticism, and please be clear about this, it's about the media's agenda and, and how they are pushing this film. Because understand, just like you know, Moonlight was a great film and well-written and well-directed and well-acted, Birth of a Nation was a classic, it is a classic. It was about one of our most respected leaders. It was well-acted by Nate Parker and Gabrielle Union and everybody else that was in it. It had all the ingredients of a box office success and all the ingredients of a critical success. But because, he, you know, Nat Turner and and, um, and uh, portrayal of, Nate, uh, of Nat Turner is not, does not mesh with their agenda of, you know, a weak black man or a criminal black man, but he is a strong black man. You know what I'm saying? He's not weak. Nat Turner was not weak. Nothing weak about him. And not only was he not weak, he over. got movies like 12 years a slave where it was like, okay, you know, you're a a slave and I'm going to, you know, make you a slave and keep you a slave for 12 years. You know what I'm saying? And he he didn't kill any white people. He did not overcome, you know, in the way that Nat Turner did. Nat Turner was a, a rebel. He was a leader. And Hollywood historically does not like to show those types of films. That's why there's never really been a movie like that before, like Birth of a Nation, okay, where you see, this, you know, stories of slave uprisings. And, you know, it's just unfortunate because, again, Birth of a Nation, and I'm really, I'm, I'm not even so much mad at them. Well, I am mad at them, but I'm more mad at us for for not acknowledging that's what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Not acknowledging, like, yo, I don't care if Nate Parker, Parker did rape somebody. He didn't rape anybody. He, was, he didn't, you know what I'm saying? he didn't rape that young girl. But no matter what, we have a film about one of our greatest leaders. Why would we not support that? Why would we not, why would you not want to see that? You see like, it's fine, okay, I don't like Nate Parker, but, yo. No. That's like me saying, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to go see a movie about Malcolm X. Like, no, like, everyone should have seen Malcolm X. The same way everyone should have seen Malcolm X by now is the same way everyone should have seen Birth of a Nation by now. It's the same thing. Both were independently made. Both are about historically great African-American leaders. And there's no excuse whatsoever for any African-American person to not have seen Malcolm X. And there's no reason and no excuse for any African-American person to have not seen Birth of a Nation. No reason and no excuse. All right. And stop allowing the media to dictate what you're passionate about, and, and that's it. What you're passionate about, you know. The media says you should be passionate about, you know, someone getting shot by a police officer. Okay, well, let's go. Donald Trump. I mean, excuse me. Media says you should hate Donald Trump. Okay, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Or well, let's boycott Birth of a Nation. Okay, let's go. That's not okay. And, and then and they're doing it again. You know, everyone's been watching this this viral video. Of the of the teacher, the black teacher, young black man, you know, creating these handshakes for his for his students, right? And I said, "Wow, that's that's really great." I used to want to be a teacher, you know. In many ways, now I consider myself to be a teacher. I do a lot of different things, um, and I think that's really great. You can tell he really loves his kids. He cares about his kids. He's dedicated and committed to his kids, you know. And and that's great. The the, the video went viral. They uh, NBC did a you know, a piece on it, a segment on it with uh, Lester Holt, which was great. But now there's this young white woman. There's this young white woman who who basically has done the same thing. Now, I'm pretty sure that this this is not new. I'm pretty sure that she did not, uh, you know, just come up with this when she saw this video about the guy. But let's just say hypothetically she did. Guess what? That's not a bad thing. I go on social media. I see so many people being pissed off. Oh, she's caught. Cop- Who did it first? Who came? She, she copied off of him. Like like it's a freaking bad thing. You think these little kids, these little kindergartens or second grade or whatever grade they're in, do you think they care about the black guy, wherever he is, doing that? Do you think they care? No, all they care about is the fact that they, no matter what's going on at home, no matter what's going on in their neighborhoods, they can come to school and, and be taught by a teacher who loves them and cares about their, and cares about their progress. That's all, that, that's all they care about. They don't care about none of this other stuff that we're talking about. They probably didn't know about the black dude who did it. All they know is, like, oh, look, Mom, look, Dad, look. Oh, this is the handshake I got with me and my teacher. They, that makes them feel special. You understand? I, it's amazing. I drop my daughter off at school every morning. And they line up. And all the kids, they just, you know, the teacher comes out the door when they're lining up. Okay, guys, good morning. And all the kids go in. You know, some say good morning, this and that. My daughter stops and gives the teacher a hug every morning. She's the only one that gives the teacher a hug. Why? Because she loves her teacher. And, so, and I like the teacher from, you know, talking to her and seeing the curriculum and different things. I, we, we like the teacher. And that's all that matters. If they want to do it. I should teach, it, oh, you know, gay okay, guys, let's try this little handshake out. I'm not going to be like, oh, you must have seen that on NBC, so you're trying to copy off of him. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to think, hmm, first and foremost, is that what's best for my child? And that's the, people are, people have serious, serious problems. You, and I'm, please understand, if you're the type of person who sees something like that, or two different teachers in two different parts of the country who obviously love their kids, and you see one or both of those situations in any possible way as negative you, you have a serious problem, okay like and you should and I will pray for you, and you should pray for yourself that's not and pray for anyone who you know views those things as as a negative because there's nothing negative about them all right like people I'm looking like I was watching the view. And uh, they had Joy Behar, you know, she was interviewing Omarosa. And, you know, she she's a, she's just a negative person. You know, like Omarosa came on there and she's answering questions. And, and instead of trying to get to know her, instead of asking her about, you know, her views and her childhood, she wants to throw out accusations. That's what she does. They don't ask questions on her. It. It's like, well, you feel like this and you did this and Omarosa was like, whoa, whoa, she had to tell Joy off. Like, well, hold on, slow down, sis. Sure, this is who I am and this is where I actually come from. I grew up on I, grew, I went to public school. You know what I'm saying? I was on welfare and, like, really schooled her because she was trying to accuse her, like, oh, you had a silver spoon in your mouth, this and that. And she was like, no. This is what it, and she, the thing about it is you don't have to like Omarosa. You don't have to like Donald Trump. But my thing is don't be negative. Don't just be someone who is overly consumed yeah. with negativity. For You know what I mean? Just because the media says, that's how they want you to be, and that's how you should be. All right. One of the, one of the things um, I look at entertainment news. You know, you know, I was looking at the entertainment news, and um, you know, Cameron Hall is leaving uh, NBC. A lot of people saying, "Well, you know, she, she's um they did her dirty and this and that." It's like, why does it have to be? Why does she have to be a victim? You know, why can't it be? Why can't she be empowered? You know, they made a decision to bring in Megyn Kelly and Tamron Hall decided that her contract was, or her contract was up. There was a better, you know, she's just going to leave and we want the bigger and better things, which is which is fine. You know, this is business. There's, I mean, there are people literally dying on the streets every day. There are people who have no food to eat every day. And people are worried about Tamron Hall. People are worried about a teacher doing handshakes. People are worried about something Donald Trump is doing. Now, what's funny is the people, there was an abortion uh, march, a March for Life recently, last weekend, right after the weekend after the, 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 the Donald Trump protest. And it's funny because nobody really, you didn't really hear anybody talking about that. You know how many abortions there are in the black community? You know how many, and this is just in my neighborhood. It was something like there was a cross, a lawn full of, full of you know handmade crosses. And it was like this, each cross represents 50,000 abortions in this country. And I, I was like, yo, there was a lot of crosses on that field. I'm like, that's a lot. And that's just right now even the country. I think in the city. You know what I mean? That's what it was. It was in the city, the city of Philadelphia. There was a lot of crosses that represented 50,000. So I'm like, that, that's a lot. So imagine how many there are around the country, and the reality is that's the number one killer of of African Americans. You know, is is abortions, and so we really got to stop these abortions. We got to, you know, hopefully that we have some Republicans in office. You know, you can you can disagree, you can agree, whatever, but the reality is, hopefully, with with a Republican uh, Congress. There will be some some stricter restrictions, and hopefully, um, 100% restrictions on abortions. I, I'm pro uh, pro life. I don't feel like you should be able to have an abortion. That's just how I feel. You know what I mean? So, but so hope I I so when you say, well, did you vote for Hillary Clinton? Well, no, I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I'm hoping that there will be a change in regards to. Uh, certain legislation, more more conservative policies. You know i so I don't like all this liberal stuff, homosexual stuff going on, transgender stuff going on, marriage rights, marriage equality. I don't agree with any of that stuff. And I don't believe Christians should either. Yeah, I mean, if you follow the teachings of the Bible, you shouldn't support it. But if you follow the teachings of the Bible, you shouldn't support gay marriage. Not if you're a Christian. Not if the Bible specifically says marriage is between a man and a woman. You know, so I think people should think about these things. So on, on a more lighter note, um I got an opportunity with my wife to watch the new edition story. I thought it was very well done. I thought that you know, just you know, you see a lot of you know, movies on lifetime or BET, and they're not always, you know, well done or well acted, but I thought, you know, well well cast. I felt like the new edition three part series was excellent. Um, very well acted, well produced. I thought it was just an entertaining movie, and it and it showed, you know, where these guys came from. It showed that some of the ups and downs, and um, you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was very good. One of the things that I one of the last things I want to talk about tonight is, um, you know, essentially I, I keep saying tonight today is, um, you know, I always do. I usually do a Valentine's Day special. You know, a lot of times I do a Christmas but I always do Christmas, Valentine's Day, New Year's, um, and I may or may not be live prior to uh, the uh, Valentine's Day weekend. And, with you know, one of the things I see through counseling and just being on social media is that a lot of times women specifically do a lot. And, and specifically in counseling, I see a lot of women who have actually told me, like, you know what they've done, of all the holidays, all the time it's really New Year's and Valentine's Day that are the hardest for them. Because New Year's represents one more year that they'll be single and you know, obviously then Valentine's Day represents a day of love and, and happiness and relationships and marriage and they you know are not have not experienced that so that's often tough for them and it a lot of times sends women to depression in many cases even suicide. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to do today is talk a little bit about how to avoid the Valentine's Day blues, you know, how to avoid the Valentine's Day blues. Um, I think the first and foremost is that, or one of the things I'll, I'll say, I'll say, like, the first and foremost, um, you got to understand that anyone can have love. A lot of people say, I, I posted uh, in the group, Friends of the Daytime Told the Show group recently, you know, do you want to get married? Now, most people said yes, some, a few people said no, and a lot of some people said, if it's God's will. And one of the things with me is it's God's, God's will is what you want. You know, if you want love, then God wants love for you. So it's not, oh, God doesn't want me to have love. A lot of times people use that as a, as a defense mechanism to because they have lost faith that they will have love. So in their mind, it's like, oh, I'm not going to have love anyway, so I'm just going to put it on God and be like, all right, well, you don't want me to have it, so I'm just going to – I just don't want it. Well, no, you do want it just because you feel like you've convinced yourself God doesn't want you to have it. That doesn't mean you don't want it. You still want love. You still don't like seeing people on Facebook, you know, happy because that's what you want for yourself. So don't lie to yourself. So one of the things I said online is I said, ladies, don't spend the best years of your life waiting and hoping for a man to change. I said, just be patient and wait for God to bless you with a man Will be perfect for you just the way that you are, or excuse me, just the way that he is. Um, and that's what we often see, and that's one of the main ways to avoid being unhappy or miserable on Valentine's Day, because what happens is a lot of women prevent themselves from having love, right? You know, they prevent themselves from being found because they keep an ex around. They keep a guy, or maybe they may even be in a relationship, but they're afraid to end it because they don't want to be alone and they don't, they're afraid that they'll be single forever. So it's like, well, I'd rather have a bad relationship than no relationship. Well, that doesn't help anyone. You know, that's why I said just be patient and wait for God to bless you with the right man. Don't waste the best years of your life, you know, your mid, your 20s, your 30s, maybe even your 40s for what? For a guy that you think you were hoping is going to change? Got men don't change, ladies. They change women. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why right. they don't change. You know, if a man isn't treating you right, he's never going to treat you right. He's just going to maybe go to a different woman who he may may or may not treat right, but he's never going to treat you right. Okay, so that's that's how that works. And so, so there's that there's that piece up. There's the whole ex, you know, situation. There's the whole, um, you know, dealing with someone friends with benefits situation. Which kind of leads me into my next point. I said online, I said, ladies, it's easy to find a woman who has have sex with us. That's easy.
1: You know, that's
0: very easy in today's society. Easier now than it ever has been. I said, but it's hard finding a woman who won't. Meaning, you know, a woman who's actually and genuinely celibate. A woman who literally has her mind set on pleasing God. And no matter who you are, what you bring to the table, we're not compromise that. That's very hard to find a woman like that. So I said that if you're looking for a husband, keep your heart and your legs closed. You, know, you, see, you see how that works? Heart open and legs closed. A lot of times women have closed off their hearts and, and, you know, to the idea of love but their legs remain open. They keep a friend with benefits. They they allow their sexual needs to supersede their emotional and spiritual needs, which will never work out well, you know. And then we have another uh, another piece of that. A lot of times people are going through things around the the Valentine's Day weekend um, holiday, and instead of, you know, instead of dealing with the hurt and pain, You know, instead of dealing with the breakup head on, I said online, I said, never turn to the bed of a man to take your mind off of a man who broke your heart. That's what we have, right? I mean, let's keep it real. You
1: know, a lot
0: of times women are hurting, women are going through a breakup, so what do they do? They want to make the man jealous. So you go out with your girlfriends. I call it the Angela Bassett syndrome. What did Angela Bassett do in in, in waiting to exhale when she got her heart broken? She went out to the club with her girls, and she had a one-night stand with the the dude, right? Not Wesley Snipes, but the dude that she had sex with after the club with her girlfriend. She went out and cut off all her hair and got smashed off by someone who didn't give a damn about it. Now, why would she do that? That's why I said never turn to the bed of a man to take your mind off of a man who broke your heart. That will only lead to layers upon layers upon layers upon more layers of emotional unavailability. That's I want to do that's on the line also. I said, ladies, never allow a man to enjoy your body without first respecting your mind and your spirit. You know, because we see a lot of that. You know, and, and, and a lot of women think that it has to be one or the other. The reality is not. You can have the whole package. You can have a man who will love you for your mind and be interested in your spirit and your heart. And then when, when he makes you his wife, then he can enjoy your body. There's no, that's how it's supposed to go. But what we see now is women are hoping a man will enjoy their mind and their spirit after he's already had your body. And that will never happen. That's not how it works. Once he you, once you gets your body, then, you know, it's that's it. There is no nothing else. You know, and that's why I said online, I said that when a man really wants you, he makes you his wife. When he just wants sex from you, He'll make excuses. You ever heard excuses like, "Well, you know, I just got to get my money right. I got to get my career going. I've got to handle some business. You know, I'm just trying to get my stuff together right now, so I can't marry you or I can't be exclusive with you because, you know, I'm in transition for something." And it's 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 always an excuse. You Ever notice that, ladies, when when you're dealing with a man, but he's getting sex from you and you want more? There's always that excuse. Well, the excuse isn't valid. It's just because he he doesn't want you. He's already enjoying you. He's already getting the cow, so there's no point in buying the milk. Wait a minute. (laughs) You know what I mean. He doesn't buy the cow, he's getting the milk for free. You guys get what I'm talking about. And so you guys got to stop giving away your milk. Okay? That's how that works. One of the things I said online is I said, are you confused about where your relationship is going? Then eliminate the sex and watch how fast things become clear. There was a special I did a few years ago. And it was entitled uh, Blocking Blocking Your Your Blessings. One of my favorite all-time shows, Blocking Your Blessings, with sex, specifically with sex. It was a, it was a show not, about nothing but sex and specifically how we as believers often have blessings in store for us but miss out on them because of, because of sex. And so, yeah, one of the things I said is that, uh, I said, ladies, there's nothing more beautiful, which is hundred percent true. There's nothing more beautiful than a godly woman who's passionate about praising Jesus Christ. I can 100% guarantee ladies. I mean, nothing is guaranteed, but you know what I'm saying? But like when you are on fire for God, when you are celibate, when you respect your body, when you when that is not made known to these men, you're not going to attract the guys targeting you for sex. That's like a car thief targeting a car where it's got a big old club on the steering wheel, right? You got a freaking viper. You ever seen those commercials from back in the day? You walk up to a car, it's like protected by viper. Stand back. Like I never actually heard a car do that. <laughs> That's what they say in the commercial, you know. And i sell joking. I never seen that type of alarm system, but hypothetically, if it had that type of alarm system on it, right, you're probably not going to try to steal that car. And that's kind of how a beautiful, godly woman is. If you have that alarm system, so to speak, on you that says, whoa, I'm not having sex, I'm not out here getting drunk, I'm not a freak, I'm not a hoe, I'm not just going to be your friend with benefits. If you have that defense system, that's basically your godly vibe that you're presenting. You're not going to attract guys trying to target you for sex. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to get. I hear women say, "Well, I was at the club and this guy just grabbed my ass." Well, maybe it's because your butt cheeks were hanging out the bottom of the freakum dress. I mean, did you ever think about that? Now, that's not to excuse that type of behavior. That's not to say that that's okay, but it it, it explains why it happened. You know what I'm saying? If you're walking around, look, dressing classy. I've never really heard of, like my wife, I've never heard of her being disrespected by a man. No one's ever walked up to her and grabbed her ass. You know what I mean? It's like, and so you typically, when you carry yourself with respect, you're treated with respect. doesn't mean you're going to attract only nice guys, but you're not going to be approached in a purely sexual manner is what I'm saying. And it's not about how you're dressed. It's about who you are. Cause before y'all get on me, it's like oh, I talk a lot. Well, then I I get disrespected. I don't dress like that. I dress this, and it's not about how you dress. It's about how you are. You know, do uh, you have sex? If you're having sex, if you're a freak, if you know you're a freak, if you're like an undercover freak, well then guess what? Men are gonna treat you like a freak. The key is to not be a freak. A lot of women want to cheat the system. A lot of women, women want to be a freak, but hide their freakiness and expect to be treated. Like a godly woman. No, nah, no, nah. If you're a, men know a freak. You know what I'm saying? If you're a freak, if you're a hoe, if you, if you get trains ran on you, if you give it up, if you have a friend with benefits, but you want to act like you're single and try to be taken out, whining and dine. Like, come on. No one's whining and dining you if you have a friend with benefits. Okay? If you have a, listen to what I'm saying. If you have a man that you're sexual with right now, you're never going to have love until that person is 100% out of your life. A lot of women want it. Oh, want a friend with benefits, but still want to be. You treated, classy, and respectable men. It's not going to happen. Well, how does he know, Dayda? How does he know? Don't worry about that. He always knows, and he always will know. So the only way to have love, the only way to have true love and, and uh, 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 be a wife and have a husband is to not be a freak, keep those legs closed, and be have an authentic and genuine relationship with God.
1: If you do those
0: things, you know, and, and many other things that I often go into through private counseling, you know, you'll you'll have luck. So it and those are about five or six different specific bullet points on how to avoid the hot, the Valentine's Day blues. All right, guys. So I'm gonna leave y'all with those. Um, not gonna do a super long show today. But I just wanted to give you, all, you know, a little, little bit of insight on Valentine's Day and everything else that we talked about, you know, um, you know, everything that's going on, sports, the Super Bowl, everything that's going on politically, socially, and, um, you know, and get ready to wrap it up. But um, no, I, I appreciate you guys for listening. And what you do is definitely tell a friend about the show um, and, and, and look out for my next live show. Check out the archives. I did have an announcement that I was going to make uh, earlier on specifically uh, about what's going on in Philly. A lot of people know I'm doing, I, I play tennis. But in this spring, okay, I'm actually going to be starting lessons. So this is the first. I haven't posted any flyers about this. I haven't talked about this. But if, you, if you're in Philly and you or, or you have children that want to learn how to play tennis, you're a beginner or you want to be a beginner, you call me. Okay, you email me, 267-979-0152. All right, again, 267 979 You know, I'll post all this stuff on my social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff, um, you know, at Dayton Harbor. But, again, two six seven nine seven nine zero one five two. Call me. I'm doing tennis lessons in the spring, affordable, convenient, only in Chile. I'm not going to Delaware. I'm not going to New York. I'm not coming down to Texas. Wherever you are here, I love you all for listening, but if you're in Philly and you want to do tennis lessons for you or your child, reach out to me, and, uh, you know, we can make it happen starting in the spring. So, guys, thank you, and I will see you all next time.